0: Hey guys, Tucker here, co host of the Portland Real Estate Podcast. Before we get into this week's show, I wanted to let you know that we're currently looking for more projects. So, for any of you guys that listen to the show that may be an agent or otherwise that have a property that you're looking to sell, we'd love to hear from you. Obviously, we're looking to purchase properties that are maybe not best suited for the retail market or maybe they need to be redeveloped. So, we do renovations and we do new construction so we could buy an existing home that maybe it smells like cigarette smoke. Maybe it hasn't been updated in decades. Maybe it's got some functional functional issues, problems like that, or maybe it's just in an area that is best suited to take the house down, partition the lot, maybe build a couple new homes, or just build one new home in its place, and anything in between. So if you guys out there in Listenerland have anything that would be best suited selling to a development company like ours, we'd love to hear from you. You can go to our website, which is ttmdevelopmentcompany.com, and when you go there, there's a Contact Us tab. Click on that, and you can send us a message, and we'll get back to you shortly thereafter. We'd love to hear from any of you guys out there that have a property like this, and hopefully, we we can do a deal together. This is the Portland Real Estate Podcast, your number one place for anything you need to know about the Portland real estate market, along with in-depth interviews from our local real estate industry experts. Now, without further ado, here are our hosts, Tucker Merryhew from TTM Development Company and Steve Nassar from Premier Property Group. We're here, guys. This is episode, whatever it is, Portland Real Estate Podcast. We got Terry here. He's back from the sickness that we were a little unsure whether he had the Rona or not, but uh, <laughs> he's doing good. So, regards to what it is, we're happy to have you, man, and we're glad to hear that uh, you're feeling good, and you're going to be back on social before you know it, I'm sure.
1: Well, Are we that- putting this on Masters, by the way? Are we doing live? We're going to do later. take the video yep. there. And get uh, it there.
2: Yeah, there. It's, it's not live, but it is Masters worthy because yeah. uh, Terry's first video was how is this going to affect us? And is it 10%, 20% drop, increase? Yeah. What do you see? And it's outstanding content. And it was a fabulous video, Terry. So I'm glad we got the band back together to sort of talk mm-hmm. through this.
3: Well, and what a great resource you guys are for setting up these different platforms. And, um, you know, I'm not one to engage too much in, uh, a lot of, uh, major discussions, um, but this particular one, it, you know, it was really nice to have a resource that I could reach out to my community and people that I have a lot of confidence to have an opinion and are going through what I'm going through and, and, and ask them, how are, you, how are you dealing with this and get a consensus? Because I think having a, a consensus from my peers right now is, um, is much better than waiting and, and getting data and responding to uh, data that's a month or two months old. Uh, so the, it was just wonderful to be able to access the the um the resources you guys have put together for the masters
0: i'm wondering if that consensus is a fluid situation as well though <laughs> it's uh it's been interesting i'm curious what you guys continue to see in the market it, it seems like there's a um a separation in terms of where activity is and where activity isn't um but i'll hold my tongue on that and we can kind of let steve guide some questions here that, um, you know, ultimately guide our conversation. So, awesome. I don't know, Steve, what should we jump yeah. into here? What, what should we hit him with now that he's feeling all spry and <laughs> back to himself? So,
1: Hey, Terry, let's let's take it right to your wheelhouse. I mean, you, uh, you're a dominant player in the higher-end market. In fact, when we had you on the show, gosh, probably four years ago now, um, that was really what we focused on. So, talk to us about the realities and challenges in that market. And then we'll 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 you know we'll segue from there and later question to the more normal average price point market. But talk to us about that.
3: Well, you know, first of all, I am extremely blessed, fortunate that uh, the first quarter of this year was very um, productive, and uh, so that I'm I'm benefiting from uh, a pipeline of transactions that are are right now closing, and um, there have been there's been very little disruption. To the transactions that are closing and have been closing the last couple days and weeks, and one large mm-hmm. one today, um, you know, there there's been uh, a couple situations where we've had to make uh, minor adjustments in regards to um, some some concessions of thought, and uh, and I think that's where it's really beneficial that we as real human brokers and advisors our clients are really looking for our advice right now and when you have really good cooperative brokers on the other side um, even if you have to make adjustments for closing times whether it be a lending situation or a matter of safety people are um, really being uh, quite flexible and reasonable in regards to coming up with uh, ways to adjust closing dates and and uh, make concessions so uh, I, I think hopefully one of the benefits of this coronavirus is it, it does, you know, sometimes I think people and, and, and brokers can tend to lawyer up in difficult situations. And, um, and then when you find out that you just resolved a situation by being kind and reasonable, um, and that was a super successful negotiation technique. It just reminds you in the future that why not stay kind and reasonable and flexible and people seem to come together.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. would you say um because it feels like to me possibly and i know i know things are fluid and they'll change in new ways but some of the most challenging transactions seem to me like they're the ones that started pre-corona and then the world changed mid transaction Mm -hmm. and you're trying to keep that one alive like don't you agree that people who start a new transaction today are starting with their eyes open to the new realities of today?
3: Yeah, definitely. And I think that, you know, when I did the post, uh, what it's been about a week and a half ago, where I just tried to get feedback, more or less on in-time feedback, it reminded me now as I look back that we, um, you know, we make our decisions uh, about 80% of the time emotionally and about 20% of the time cognitively. And so you know that emotional reaction was driven immediately to how am I going to deal with this and what are people going to do, and now I'm recognizing that every transaction, every person you work with, every broker you work with, has um, is its own unique situation. So rather than applying a blanket standard of how it's changing and 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 what's going on, have the confidence to interact one at a time with reasonable discussions. And lots of communication, and so far that's working mm-hmm.
1: um,
3: you know i I joked i 've used a duct tape of negotiating
1: <laughs> i've I've used that since by the way yeah. a couple, couple clients and different transactions I've used that term duct tape We're holding it together with duct tape. I got that from you yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i'll I'll
0: echo what Terry's saying there I mean we had a I mean, well, hell, I'll just tell everybody, I guess. But we had a big project that we were going to do, and um, our financing got yanked um, due to a lot of the stuff that's been going on in the last two weeks. And we had a large sum of earnest money out there, and we were past inspection deadline. We did all of our inspections and whatnot, and all that was done pre-Corona, and then post-Corona, our financing got yanked. And the um, the sellers on the other end and their agent were actually very nice, and. I mean, it's a shitty situation for everybody. Let's just be honest. But they didn't fight. They gave us earnest money back, and we parted ways friends. And wow. you know, maybe someday we buy that house again in another <laughs> world. I don't know. We'll see. But as Terry said, there's been a lot of people being very reasonable out there, and um, you know, I can appreciate that as well.
1: Good for you, Tucker. That's awesome. That's amazing. Good job, Tucker.
0: So yeah. But with that said, I mean, what I'm seeing a clear divide right now in terms of the. F- fluidness of the lower end market and the higher end market. Cause I'm paying very close attention. Um, it seems like th- not in total. I don't want to say that cause that would be wrong, but the lower end stuff seems to be moving a hell of a lot quicker and a hell of a lot faster. I just looked at a, you know, I scanned through in Lake Oswego, some entry level pricing stuff that went on market on the 31st and it's pending already. And I, that was a reoccurring theme. I saw that over and over again. And then I'm scanning through the million plus stuff and I'm going, Hmm, it's all still sitting active right now. And that's not to say that it won't you know, go pending here in the future. But I do know we've got some other challenges like jumbo financing. I talked to Chase last night. They changed their requirements dramatically um, when they were a leader in the jumbo space just a couple of weeks ago. So, I mean, there there's some headwinds we have. And I do know that, you know, in the high end, a lot of people write a check for stuff. So that eliminates that factor completely. But I will say it seems like the lower end, um, and you might notice this, Steve, because I see your posts online all the time. Yeah. It's, it's moving. It seems very fluid. Um, the high end, people are pausing a little bit. Maybe they're thinking a little more, um, you know, maybe it's a different type of, of buyer and seller to some extent. What do you think, Terry? Okay, I'm just...
3: Uh oh! Can you hear
0: me? Yep, yep.
3: Got, got you back. back. <laughs> okay, great. Um, somehow I popped over from my home site to to Xfinity uh, while we were chatting. So it's it's interesting that you mentioned headwinds. Um, you know, in the background as I was trying to figure out a good way to where where should I uh, do this video? Is a picture of a uh, uh, Barbuda where I spent my. This is actually a photograph taken on my birthday, and uh, when. Maureen and I lived in the Caribbean. I sailed almost every day and did cross Atlantics. And, you know, the difference between sailing and driving is that you, um, you know, when you're driving, you have a straight road, you know, the time it's going to take to get from one point to the next point, And um, you can calculate that when you're sailing, you're immersed in the, uh, the environment, uh, the, the wind, the, the ocean, uh, the equipment you're using and you're tacking and you're adjusting and you're, you're constantly paying attention on on every given moment to knowing you're proceeding to the the final destination, but you have the the patience. But you because you understand this is how it works. I don't just get to drive directly to the destination. I have to tack. So that's kind of something that uh, I, I've in my own mind has set me at ease that this is just going to be a little bit different right now, and that rather than um, worrying about um, getting to the next de- destination just to, to have the confidence and, and brokers out there, all that training and, and the resources resources that you have, to have the confidence then that when moments come up and um, that you can pick up the phone and you can call people, you can call Steve and you can say, what would you do in this circumstance and figure out what's the next tack and, um, just keep that confidence and things are going to move forward. So, and it's really a, um, uh, you know, there's been like two different universes. There's the universes of, uh, people that are still asking me to, um, list homes or want, want to write an offer on a home that it, it's almost like there's, there's no effect going on. And then there's the universe of people that are affected uh, in, in more specific ways. And it's a matter of respecting uh, each individual situation style and figure out how are you going to sell from point A to point B under the, you know, in those
2: weather conditions. That's a great analogy with uh, the sailing. I thought that was amazing. And uh, you know, I always tell my family that it's not a A to B destination when we go somewhere, right? You enjoy the entire trip all the way there. Yeah. And from the positive side of what I see in our market is there is a coming together with realtors and lenders and title people. And it, it isn't always that way. I mean, if you look at the summer of last year, it was sort of a free for all. Some, some people go with the every person for themself, uh, theory, but one thing we can't get away from right now. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is our mm-hmm. life. This is our new reality right now. And nobody is immune to it. Right? So we are coming together. And, um, I wish more would take the, the positive aspect of it than necessarily the negative aspect. And I think you're absolutely right with the buyers. Uh, there's a lot that it just doesn't affect them. There's a lot of sellers. It doesn't affect them at all. But there's a lot of unsurety out there and not knowing where we're going to go from here. I mean, obviously, the trillions of dollars that have been allocated to this relief will cause future inflation. And I mean, we were, we were going 10 years strong anyway. So this day was going to come but no one saw it as a virus that was that was happening it's not all doom and gloom but i think the people are thinking if i buy a 2 million dollar house and have and the market drops say 10% i mean that's a that's a 200,000 dollar hiccup right mm-hmm. 500,000 you're only talking a 50,000 dollar hiccup so i think Everybody wants a good deal, and if you're unsure of what the market's going to do, and you have the time, you're going to sit back and watch. And I think a lot of people are looking for guidance as to where we're going to be in a month, or three months, or six months. So,
3: and and I Joe, I think that comes down to you know we've been through. I started in 2007. Uh-huh. You know, yeah.
1: and, how'd that work out for you? Good timing, yeah.
3: <laughs> well, you know, I, I I quickly became the number one producer in the marketplace for the company I was working at during seven, eight, nine, and I think it's because I didn't know better.
1: That's true. That's
3: and true. Um, I'm also somewhat of a contrarian, and uh, I hope I hate to oversimplify our industry, but we are um, advisory toll bridges we get paid to move something from one side of the bridge to the other side of the bridge. And the fact that different events occur in, um, in the economy do not change the traffic that naturally occurs on the road.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: And so, you know, there are still life events occurring, you know, marriages, children, divorces, deaths, relocations that, you know, it's even if, if you go out on the road right now, Um, there's still traffic on the road. Um, I would
0: say a surprisingly high amount, to be honest with you. I've seen a lot. I mean, you guys have probably noticed, but I've seen a lot of stuff pop (laughs) on the last three days. And um, I'm a little surprised because I thought people would kind of pull back and hunker down for the most part, but you're right. And Joe said this many times, you know, life doesn't stop for real estate, right? And it's never been more obvious to me than probably the last week here. Yeah, Yeah.
3: I I think it's the time that... um, you know, to remember that you can still position yourself as someone that, during the time that they're still going to get on the road, they're still going to make a decision when it comes to real estate, whether buying or selling. They're looking for that Sherpa. They're looking for that advisor right now. And um, you know, I, I really love the fact that you guys put together these type of platforms because um, this allows our brokerage industry to listen and understand this is a time when, clients come to you and ask you oh my gosh what are you doing to let them know that you calmly um, are navigating the process and that um, you know things are moving forward and we're finding solutions and ask them specifically explain to me your personal situation you're in and what are your personal goals and um, know that you know between whatever level of time you've been in the business you have access to people like steve like joe Um, that have knowledge that have been through same experiences and I can give you advice and um, just having those conversations, perhaps you're not going to do something immediately um, in regards to implementing a transaction, but you're going to begin filling the pipeline of future people that want you to be that toll bridge uh, and and take your advice.
1: Yeah. I want to touch on what you guys are saying because I I don't think it can be overstated. I think It's incredibly problematic. You know, a question we all hear on a daily basis from people is, how is the market? That is so oversimplistic. There are so many different people in the market. And every one of them is their own unique snowflake with their world, their living situation, their job, their, their home situation. And, um so and and I think it would be it would be so problematic as an as as a as an industry expert or as a as a realtor to to look at and and just go how's the market as one big chunk look for those segments of the market that are motivated and have reason to do something and i I made a couple notes here just to just to really highlight this, and this is something I've been really pushing my team on um think about listings right how awesome is a vacant listing right now? You, yeah. for, for multiple reasons, multiple reasons. First of all, the seller needs to sell it. Okay. They're not going to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't want people in my house or, Hey, let's just, let's just pause and sit this out for three months. Why would they do that? It's dead money. So right. vacant listings are good from the seller side, but now think on the buyer side, you've got a buyer that can go into a house with no seller and all their you know germs and and, and um, and, and touch residue, whatever you, you, you call it, um, there in the house or it's, it's definitely mitigated. Maybe there could be some from a previous showing, but it's not the same and you're not being intrusive to the seller. Now, let me flip to the opposite side on listings. Here's what I'm seeing. Tenant occupied is really not good right now. Sure. I can
3: imagine that would be for
1: multiple reasons. So as we're triaging and we're looking at our businesses and we're talking with clients, when we're hearing, oh yeah, I've got a rental to sell, I'm not saying we don't help them, but be aware there, there's, there's multiple layers of challenges with tenant occupied. First of all, that tenant has no reason to benefit from that sale, yet they now have all the risk of buyers bringing in th- their, um, their germs and whatnot. You also have the complexities of the, the, the moratoriums and tenants not paying, and, and and however you slice it there might be challenges with getting that tenant out and even if you're even if it's a even if it's an investment being purchased as an investment property does a buyer right now really want to buy a rental and and hope that that tenant continues to pay rent so and on the buyer side just a couple other examples to to help you know get those juices flowing for our listeners to really segment and think of individual circumstances we love doctors right now. We love med- nurses right now. We love the medical profession. If there's any profession that is rock solid right now, it's, it's those people. And we're working with several of those. And then the other thing to think about, is, while income is important, and stability of income is important, think about the living situation. We had, a, we had a client where they had just moved into the area and they were staying on their parents' couch, you know, looking for a house you think they're going to be on the gas or on the brakes in that situation? Yeah. I mean, these guys want a house. So it. think of it that way. The other thing I'll say is pay close attention. This goes back to what we said about pre-corona and post-corona. People who come in today, pay a little bit more attention to them than maybe somebody that came in three months ago and trying to trying to shake, stir them up. They They very well, I'm not saying there's not opportunities with those people, but like you said, Terry, if they're, not, if they're in a comfortable situation with their house, their income's shaky, they, they might want to pause and just watch this thing from the sidelines. But if someone's calling us today or yesterday in the post-corona world, listen to them and, and take them seriously because clearly their eyes wide open into today's realities. So a couple things I had there.
3: Well, you know, it's interesting because I think in a momentum-driven market, uh, it's easy to get kind of sloppy and lazy on how you do your business. Uh, you know, during a difficult market, you're more likely to do a business plan than a um, a market that somehow naturally fruit has just kind of fallen off of a lot of low branches. And, um, you know, maybe we've been working the last eight years uh, just with a big buffet table and um, not paying attention to our selections. And, uh, you know, now it's time to actually think think about the the you know certain sections of the buffet table are closed down Yeah, you got you know or you really you really have to sit down and read the menu and um and look at the certain
1: parts are very desirable certain parts are very desirable
3: you know know, and and project how you're gonna reposition yourself where the business is and um still make yourself available uh it's, it's actually a great time to pull back and reflect On your daily best practices if you've ever had an opportunity if you never if you've ever wanted an opportunity to actually implement some uh, some daily uh, you know time positioning where you're you're spending a certain amount of time calling clients and past clients and just checking in not talking about real estate Steve I just thought I'd call you and and see how you're doing and how your family's coping those conversations gosh, I miss the days of of being able to do that. You know, we just get so wrapped up in the regular uh, daily business that there's so many fundamentals uh, that I don't do on a daily basis. I'm not shooting my free throws. I'm not practicing. And there's almost like a little bit of a sense of relief that, hey, you can like pull back right now and reset yourself a little bit and think about who I am as, as, you know, what is my business model? What's the future of, of different buyers? And, and actually start interacting and, and creating a business plan right now. What a great time. Um, I, I think a lot of us will look back on this moment. Um, I, I, I apologize because I tend to focus more on the, the positive side of what's going on in what I'm feeling and how I'm having extra time to spend with my children and do some homework or interact on a a paper my daughter's writing and actually have the time to interact with her. Well, that extra time to interact with a client on the phone. I spent about, uh, I had a, a conversation with a past client last night that started out and within five minutes I was my, my normal reaction. I started to try to finish the call. Like it's my normal, uh, psychological, uh, Moment where I'm looking for that. What's my excuse to end it and say, "Hey, it's been nice to talk to you, Steve." Mm -hmm. And that call went on for another 45 minutes, and I had to stop myself because I was so used to trying to get off the phone. Mm -hmm. And then I found myself just like there was a moment where I thought, "Gosh, we're actually really engaging right now," Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so relax, Mm -hmm. engage with this guy. And I know our relationship, um, you know, was deepened and more confirmed. and so in, in some ways, this is kind of a really special time.
1: It, it is, it is. And we'll look back fondly on it. I mean, look at guys like you and me and Tucker and Joe have, have any of you guys in the last eight years had your calendars as empty as they are today?
2: No, I no, no. I mean, actually, but, uh, it's pretty full these days.
1: Well, I mean, but but in a different way, in a different way. But think about our clients. We're busy. We're busy realtors, right? And and Tucker's a busy developer. Think of a, our clients. Some of them might, you know, who, who, who have who knows what they have going on. But how, imagine how much less busy they're calendars are so i'm with you terry i called um we have a listing right now and i called the uh the the gal oh gosh two weeks ago just to talk talk it through the the conversation morphed to zoom and all the creative things they're doing how they're having double dates with friends she talked about how she casts it on her smart tv so you've got this 60 inch tv with you know friends on it she talked about playing cards with i mean it went completely personal in relationship building and I think we were both looking at our cl- clocks going, I, what am I going to do after this? I'm in no hurry to get off this exactly. call. It was interesting. And, and I agree with you. That's, that's, that's a new situation, a new scenario. And, and, and enjoy that and cherish it because there will come a day again in the future where we're, we're running around like chickens with our heads cut off. And we'll kind of look back fondly at this.
3: Well, you know, it's interesting because I think that during the busy times, um, I've heard it from all of you guys is, you know, we've talked about. Um, those disciplines of taking time to pick up the phone and to call a certain number of people every day and Yet you really don't have a way to gauge the the success of that business model because you're distracted by um, The buffet that you're normally working at and you're, you're moving fast. I think it'll be really interesting to be able to look back and go, you know, what was the outcome of my pipeline in the next six to 12 months from that time period that I actually engaged with um, 10, 15 people in a deeper manner versus 100 people in a shallow manner? What was the dividend? I mean, you're gonna have a personal case study Mm -hmm. to actually see that, oh, when it does get busy, maybe I am gonna, when I get up to a certain level of um, capacity, maybe I'm gonna refer that deal maybe it is better for me to be more focused on less clients and be a better provider. And maybe in the future because I'm working with less clients that are reflective of my personality and my style, I'm going to build a business that is an inventory full of more people that are reflective of my personal style and that I enjoy working with and that have greater rates of return than the buffet. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, in some ways it's, um, it's a good excuse to actually slow down and, um, and, and watch the benefits of, of being a good communicator and, and, and really having relationships. I know Steve and Joe and Tucker, you guys care about the people you're around. And um, it, it's going to be great to see if people can have confidence that there's going to be a dividend from this. Um, if, and, and, and one of my biggest concerns right now is not for brokers like ourselves. Um, that you know fortunately have a pipeline i mean it's one thing i'm sure there's brokers that are listening to this call and it's great to hear that you know we have confidence there are brokers that unfortunately didn't have a pipeline going into this moment and are uh, or in any industry and are financially strapped and one of the things i want to remind every people that i'm most concerned about is to not take this personally and that your your personal challenges that you're going through right now, your financial challenges, your emotional challenges, um, that this is not a time to judge your self-worth right now based on how you're doing. Um, judge your self-worth on um, how you are being supportive of your family, your community. Um, make your successes um, that you judge your success of your day based on um, how you interacted with the people around you, showed love. Um, showed support and let that be the recognition of your current success during this time period um, that there will be forgiveness. There will be flexibility. um, If people can't afford to pay their rent, their mortgages, their car payments um, there, this is you are in this lifeboat with several other people that come from all different walks of life and they're all experienced the same issues right now, and there's going to be forgiveness. And so be forgiving of yourself, be your own hero right now. Um, you know, I'm coming up on 20 years of uh, sobriety at, at the 16th of this, this month. And I remember when I first entered into that process, um, there was difficulty in, um, judging myself and who I was and the, my own willpower and my own personal strength. And there was a moment that I, I knew I had to shift my thinking, otherwise I wouldn't succeed. And there was a moment that I thought, you know, w- would you get in front of a car and save a child or would you grab a child hanging off of a cliff? Or would you go out of your way to, um, to be a hero? The most important hero right now to be is to save yourself. And, um, and, and and this is a great time right now for people just to remember, um, be your own hero first, love yourself right now, um, and get out of your own personal feelings. And the best way to do that is to pick up the phone and give to others. If you're going through troubled times right now, believe me, there are other people that are going through, through even more troubled times, and you can be a resource to them, and that's going to make you feel better about your own
2: personal value on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love, I love everything you just said, Terry. And, you know, I had a a great conversation with a buddy, um, Eric post the other day. Yeah. And, uh, he's one of the most positive dudes I know. I mean, the guy accomplishes so much. He never does anything negative and it sort of dawned on me that the leaders sort of lead from the front and they lead through positivity and those who, don't lead um, are very uh, set in their ways to sit back and tell you reasons why it won't work or can't work or why it's a bad idea and um, i really like all of the positive aspects that what we're going through right now um, brings and i think there needs to be more of it and I was going to get Eric on a Zoom call and uh, talk about some positivity. Um, the other thing that uh, we just thought of the idea uh, the other day, we are starting um, uh, positive real estate perspectives. And it's going to be me and I think you know Patrick Kraus. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to talk about there's so much good happening right here. Like, I'll probably screw it up, but... The old uh, story about there's there's two lumberjacks and they both have this axe and they're both having to cut down this massive tree and one did nonstop chopping and one stopped after 50 minutes and took a 10 minute break, mm-hmm. cut the tree down first. Well, the guy that took the break stopped for 10 minutes to sharpen his axe, Right and and cut it down better with a sharper tool. There's a lot of things brokers can be doing right now. I mean, really reflect on your professionalism and your delivery and and how you present. Can you honestly say that you're on your A game? Do you get every listing? Do you get every buyer that you work with? You know, is your presentation just absolutely mm-hmm. nails? So what we can do during this time and this is my mantra is master your craft, you know, reach out, talk to people, make sure that, uh, you know, your, your marketing campaign is amazing. Make sure that your, your emails are perfected and your drip campaigns and whatever you do. A lot of people can work on themselves right now in a positive way. And what's terrific is when we are in a busy market, There's money falling out of the sky and and we're doing all we can do to to take care of everybody. Well, when it isn't like that, we now have the time to work on the things that we're we're too busy to do. And if everybody uh, looks at the positive side of this, uh, I think we'll get through it much better than the chicken littles of the world.
3: Well, and it comes back to cognitive thinking versus emotional thinking. And, um, you know, I'm a pretty simple guy. Uh, if, if people knew how simple, um, you know, I think we all have very competitive natures when it comes to, um, we spend a lot of time, um, building technology, building listing presentations, building the force behind us. Um, but just remember most people do business with people they like and they trust. It's that simple. I mean, if, I think that if you had a, you could do a study of, you know, 10 people taking on a listing. Did you make your decision based on um, the the sophistication of the presentation or did you just like and trust that guy or that woman? Um, I, you know, I, I uh, when I was 16 years old, I watched the Rocky movie and uh, I moved out when I was 16 and uh, the guy that I was, uh, working for a landscaping company. And I lived in a garage. My only source of heat was a water bed. And I thought I was in heaven. And, uh, um, but we went to the Rocky movie. And I remember at the end of the Rocky movie, he said, did you know, did you win the movie or not? And, and the bottom line was he prepared and he went the distance. And that was the success in the moment that, that was the, that was the glory of the moment. He didn't win the fight, but he went the distance. And last night with my, um, 13-year-old daughter, you know, when you have two daughters, you don't get to watch the same movies you'd want to watch. Um, but we actually watched Ford versus Ferrari last night.
1: Good movie. Yeah.
3: And, um, you know, last night when I gave my daughter a kiss good bit to, to, when I kissed goodnight, I said, just remember, whenever you're down, go 7,000 RPMs. And I think she's going to remember that moment. Because I love the simplicity, I'm sorry, but I watch, maybe I'm like a guy with a, ch- uh, maybe a, a woman reacts to a chick flick the way I'd react to a Rocky or, or a Ford versus Ferrari. But the simplicity of the message is, is you know, adversity, uh, preparation, and going the distance mm-hmm. and believing in yourself. And, you know, there was a scene in the movie where he talks about the perfect um, lap. And his son says, do you think that really exists? And he said, I, I, I think it does. And so believe in yourself as, you know, each individual out there listening to this right now, it, you know, believe that there's a perfect lap out there for you. And if you need to, believe me, after I watched that movie, I was like, I'm going back to 7,000. I'm going to double my marketing budget. I'm going to buy some more advertising. Um, you know, I actually came out of that movie thinking, wow, yes, uh, you know, that is, I am the driver who is looking for the perfect lap. I'm excited about this moment. This is my moment to get excited about my business and I'm going to strategize and I'm going to figure it out. And I'm going to come out of just like, you know, that, you know, talking about when they go into a turn and the acceleration that occurs right after the turn. Um, this is, I'm coming into the turn. I'm gearing down. It's the coronavirus gear down, but what, is, what are the decisions I'm making right now that when I come out of this coronavirus, I'm going to hit that vortex and I'm going to you know, shoot up to above 7,000 RPMs and 200 miles an hour. And six months from now, I'm going to look back and go, wow, I'm enjoying this momentum right now.
1: And when you're in the turns, Terry, that's when the best driver really can shine, right? Yeah. It's not on the straight stretches. I mean, everybody does well there. It's on, it's in those curves, it's in the adversity where those who can stay positive and those who can focus and, and squelch fear, fear is the biggest form of paralysis. Most of, not most, but a lot of people in our business right now are doing the exact opposite of what you just said, Terry. You just said, I'm going to spend more money on my marketing. I'm going to put more, you know, I'm going to double down. I'm going to, and, and obviously there's, you know, I'm not telling everyone that that's exactly the right formula to do it, but, but most, what are they doing? They're circling the wagons, right? They're suddenly pulling back on their marketing. Say what you want about Zillow, but I'll tell you right now, I'm talking to my guy and everybody's pulling out, right? Everybody's pulling out of Zillow. And whether that's right or wrong, I'll tell you, it's indicative of what people are doing and those people, here's what's going to happen. I'll, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Let me circle the wagons. Let me pull back all my marketing. Oh, boy, this is bad. My phone's not ringing. <laughs> right? What just happened? Whereas the people who are like, hey, I've been through this before. And that's one thing I love about you, Terry. I won't go into the specifics, but you and I have similar paths. We've been through some adversity before, not to mention the last downturn. And I've I've grown and learned so much from that. And by the way, in the last downturn, I was not set up in a great position. I I did own two houses, one on the lake, one I was building. I did have like three cars, a motorcycle, very little in the bank. And then all of a sudden, quickly, I was like, "Oh shit, I'm in trouble." I had a bunch of rentals, by the way, that were negative cash flow too. So so and and so I appreciate going into this curve. I'm like, okay, I'm better prepared for this. This I've seen this before, and and, and I, it gives me a lot more confidence. I'm like, and by the way, guys those listeners out there and i know you're out there you might have had your neck out there a little bit when this thing snuck up on us because it snuck up on us i mean in a matter of weeks our entire world changed take my lesson as as uh, as um you know something positive i came out of that downturn even though i wasn't set up right and i and i rebuilt and i and i i got back to a good place so it doesn't what happens in the next coming months doesn't have to define you forever but um but my, my point is, those ones that are circling the wagons, it, it's Their reality is going to be self induced. This is this is the time to stay positive. Identify the realities of our situation. Don't be naive. Don't be head in the sand. But once you once you once you identify, okay, that could be a problem. That could be a problem. You know how how do I handle that? Then take those problems. And compartmentalize them, like you said, emotional intelligence. Put those problems out of your mind and focus on the opportunities, mm-hmm. and and move forward. For crying out loud, don't what what it makes me think of. A lot of people, you, you, you use the analogy of race cars. I feel like a lot of people are just pulling over. They're mm-hmm. just pulling over alongside the track, putting it in a park, and going, okay, this is bad. Let me let me just sit here and wait for it to pass. And that is not how you. That is not how you get through this, let alone thrive through this.
3: And I think, you know, if you need to pull over, pull over for a little while. Okay. If, if you need to, um, if you need to go through some difficult emotional days or feel a little self pity, do that. But then know that set a, set a, set a moment or at least say in your mind on Thursday, I'm drawing a line in the sand. I'm getting up different and I'm going to attack this differently. And when I say double down, I don't, you know, some people say, well, you have the capacity to double down, double down on, you don't need to have money to double down. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of activities and you guys have talked about them and I don't need to reiterate all the basic activities of communicating to people right now and reaching out and strategies. That's a whole other subject, but, um, double down on your, um, you know, your, your commitment to see, see your way through this. The thing I love about fear uh, is that fear creates an adrenaline that doesn't exist under normal circumstances. Mm-hmm. And that adrenaline can be miraculous. You can come up with you can do amazing you can yeah. transformational things when you're fearful. And, um, you know, those moments of suspense is when you could become a hero. So, you know, take that energy, shift it and harness it and then go use it. And believe in yourself and and believe that when your children, when your friends look back on this moment, when you look back on this moment, this is that moment that you were your hero. You were your family's hero, you were your community's hero. Don't have a problem with thinking, I'm gonna go be a hero right now. You know if if I'm on a sinking boat, I want to be written down as the hero, okay? Mm-hmm. Believe in yourself individually, that we all have that capacity that I actually have a tendency to look at adversity, you know, and I almost get excited about it. So do
1: you know, I. So do I, Terry. <laughs>
3: Action coming at me. You know, I always know that there's gonna be that moment that I'm gonna recognize it. I'm gonna let me it stress me out. I'm gonna let it tie me up into a knot, but I'm also aware that I have solved so many Rubik's Cubes successfully. I just don't I rarely And if, and if, and if they, and if the situations do occur that I don't succeed, I, I, I actually, um, recognize you went, you prepared, you went the distance and it's just a matter of averages till you, you know, home run hitters swing, you know, strike out the most. So, um, I, I love adversity because it, it, it gives me a moment to stop and pause. And then to become strategic, I was thinking about it. You know, you play the game of Monopoly. This is a game. Life's a game. Have fun with it. You know, right now, the the, the little stack of chance cards, just, you know, we just had a couple new cards added. You know, now it's like, you know, pay your pay your neighbor a, a tax. Well, now you pick it up. It's like coronavirus. You're stuck home for, you know, four weeks. That's just another card on the game right now. So you're still in the game. Figure out how you're going to move forward. And then when people hear that that's how you're responding to this Mm -hmm. moment, those are the people who are going to hire you. Those are the people who are going to be attracted to you. Think of the people you're attracted to right now during this moment. Be the person that your clients are going to be attracted to you know, I, somebody sent me a, a text message asking me how the market was going and I shared some optimistic notes and she texted me back after I did that. I, I actually, I didn't do that purposely, but I thought, you know, that person's an influencer and other people are going to be asking her, well, what do you think about the market right now? And I know she's going to say, well, one person that's really positive and is making this work is, is, you know, my friend Terry Sprague right now. And um, so when people are thinking about, well, who are we going to look for advice? Be the person that people are thinking, you know, these are strategic pe- people with wisdom. And um, I don't know, Just I don't mean to oversimplify this, but, uh, you know, draw that line in the sand, get over it. If you're going through difficult things, if you're running through health issues, if, if this has affected you emotionally, know that you, you are in a lifeboat with a lot of other people and um, reach out to people like ourselves for support. I'll I'll pick up my phone and give you support.
1: That's awesome. I want to I want to touch on what you said too, Terry. I I personally I know it sounds weird, but I was t- t- talking to someone about this the other day, and I was just like I I love. I know I don't want to be insensitive to people's situations because th- there are some horrific ones out there. But I adversity in general is something that I thrive through, and and I and when it and because I've been there's been times in my life where the adversity was just me, right? And I had to power through that. And I think you grow and learn so much with that. Because, and what, what you learn is, what you ultimately learn is, I can turn negative things into positives. And I can honestly tell you guys, to date, and maybe someday this will change, to date, there's never been something negative that's happened to me that big picture, sometimes it takes a while, later on I didn't, go, I didn't look back and go, I'm so glad that happened, Right? And that's powerful that when you can look at future negative things coming at you and, and you can get excited about, Hey, I'm going to figure out how to turn this positive. You realize you almost have a superpower. Um, Probably almost uh, the greatest superpower that, that you can have. Um, the other thing about adversity that I've learned is the masses don't do well with it. So when there's an adversity that hits everyone, so many shrivel, unfortunately, and I wish, I wish they'd, they, I wish, I mean, that's, that's something. And by the way, guys, there are so many great books about this. There, there truly, truly are. Um, think and Grow Rich is one that comes to mind. I could, um, I could rattle off a bunch. Well, of, could, maybe on a future podcast, we need to talk about some.
3: When you talk about the masses, okay, think about that. This particular podcast that you're doing right now is not the masses. Sure. This, this is, uh, this represents four very positive people. Okay. And this is a choice of media right now. So um, gravitate towards your sources of media, your sources of friendship, your sources of activities that are positive. All right. And that means if you, you know, I, I, I'm not watching the news a lot. I'm actually getting a lot of updates, uh, you know, from, uh, you know, at the end of the day, a short update for what I need to know about. But in general, uh, I think a lot of my own personal positive mood has to do with the people I'm surrounding myself with. So really reflect on 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 how you're interacting and the sources of 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 your energy and your information right now. And um, you know, you don't need to know and or be a specialist on this virus right now. There are other people taking care of that. What you need to know is, you know. Can you do the simplest thing and, you know, go around your cul-de-sac and bring in all your, your neighbor's garbage cans and do something positive? Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many little things that you can start to do um, that if you're looking like I don't have a lot of positive activities to do, you do. And um, if you fill your day full of positive activities and gravitate towards positive people, um, y- your energy is just naturally going to be different and people are going to perceive you differently and they are going to gravitate towards you to do business.
1: Mhm. Absolutely. Absolutely. The other thing I worry about is some agents I think when they when they sideline during these times and and I think personally I think we're probably in the darkest for for our business. I'm talking real estate here. I think we're probably in the darkest portion of this and and I feel that because I think I mean, just a week ago, a little over a week ago, we had the stay-at-home order, right? So all of a sudden, a lot of people are forced to their homes. They're probably working there. The kids are newly at, out of school. They're figuring that out. Um, they're, 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 not sure. they're looking at their bosses and their job, and they're like, okay, is, am I safe, or am I going to be one of the ones let go? Now, as weeks go by, that's going to slowly start to change. Suddenly you're going to have people that have stability of employment. They're working from home. Heck, they might even start liking it and go, Hey, this is pretty cool. Maybe I'll do this in the future. Hey, Hey, what if I got a home with a home office? So they're going to start slowly, not, not in a mass momentous moment, but one at a time here and there are going to start coming out of the woodwork and going, Hey, Hey, Terry. Hey, Joe, talk to me about the market right now. Are people buying? Are people selling? And, and, those who are on the sidelines and who are, you know, circling the wagons and aren't out there and aren't trying to um, c- connect with their database in a meaningful way are going to miss that, that resurgence. And they might be on the sidelines for eight, nine months thinking, hey, it's still bad out there, not realizing that there's guys like us that, are, that have been doing pretty well for eight or nine months. I mean, we, 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 we never really got off the track. We, we stayed on it. It may have slowed down a little bit, but, but as it started to pick up, we picked up with it. And we were adapting to the new normal and to the to the the uh, the new world that we're in. Hey Terry, I want to ask you real quick. Talk to me about um, showing procedures, listing appointments. What are you guys doing in that regards?
3: So, you know, the first thing is to just follow the ever changing standards that our industry and our um, our governor is putting out, and and respect um, whatever rules are being implemented. And then, um, you know, for me. Um, I respect the fact that each broker that I work with is an independent contractor and essentially owns their own business. And my guidance is, number one, you know, work within the four um, corners of whatever rules are in place. And then um, once again, we get back to the on an individual basis, um, respect the individual process that. Um, whatever party whether it be a buyer or seller is comfortable with and then I just think there are really basic um, that I don't need to um, you know that we've heard again and again which is you know be responsible gloves mask um, Lysol Clorox wipes um, footies uh, that you know uh, be responsible when you're interacting and then take it on a day-by-day and a case-by-case basis and um, you know if you we we hear all kinds of stories from every end of the spectrum of this happened to me when i tried to show a house or this happened to me you know between all of those radical stories are some pretty simple stories (laughs) and so i think once again it's um evaluating each moment of interaction with other people in you know outside of your home respectfully and um uh there are once again we live in two different universes there are universal universe of people that you really need to respect. At a minimum, uh, we need to respect all of the enacted safety measures um, and then respect each personal person's comfort level of how they'd like to interact. And interestingly enough, there you're gonna find that there are gonna be ways to interact and to continue to do business. Um, moving forward. And, and I do think we could be, we might find out that at some point in time, this feels like the peak in a month or two from now, that we're going to hit new normals. Um, you know, the, when we were watching the, the, uh, the Ferrari versus Ford last night, um, there's a scene where they're driving around and I showed my daughter that, look, they're not wearing seatbelts. And a 13-year-old's like, they didn't wear seatbelts. And we, we just think about all of the different things that change on a daily basis that actually disrupt our business and disrupt our lives. But they come at it, they come at us a little bit at a time and we make adjustments. Um, this thing's coming at us in one big bombshell. Um, but just take it, you know, take one call at a time. Take one client at a time. And, um, and, and I think you're going to be fine finding ways to interact and pr- proceed.
0: What have I been saying for the last month? We've, well, I will say two weeks, right? Since the world, the bottom fell of the world. I said, when are we going to reach the new normal? Right, Steve? And mm-hmm. uh, so it's, mm-hmm. it's funny you say that, Terry, because I, I agree. I think there is a new normal. It's just when do we cross that line? And, um, you know, that remains to be seen, but definitely a good point.
3: Yeah, that was one of the conversations that I had with my friend last night. <laughs> we were chatting about what were all the normals like, you know, riding in the back of a pickup truck, when we were kids, you know, no seatbelts. Uh, yeah. The, the one know, in the
0: morning taco bell run with no seatbelts in the back of a pickup. Who remembers yeah, those? Huh? Yeah. You know,
3: <laughs> riding a bike without a, you know, helmet. I mean, uh, you know, we, we've, we adapt on a daily basis to all kinds of change. And um, this is just a big reminder. Uh, and, you know, good things are going to come out of this. I hope th- the one thing I really hope that comes out of this is the reminder of how well negotiations went when you were more reasonable and forgiving. And right now it's kind of like you've got this this Corona conscious um, of of respectful thinking sitting on your shoulder saying, you know, this would not be a respectful time to not be reasonable. So be reasonable in your negotiation, um, whether you would do it normally or not. And things are working out. So I, I I hope that I think you know one of the things that I've been pressing before this came up was that you can never replace is the cooperative nature of our industry. Um, you can't create an AI buyer or an algorithm for the cooperative uh, benefits that come with the way we all work and interact together. Um, this is just a great time to maybe um, reset our standards a little bit higher naturally. Um, and I hope, you know, just like we were maybe are going to wash our hands a little bit more often in the future uh, after this, um, that we continue to, um, you know, that, that maybe we benefit from the way we interact as a cooperative community in the future from this.
2: Yeah, I think uh, I think we're going to, I see benefits already. So like Loom videos and Zoom videos didn't just get created uh, during the start of the coronavirus. We've had Zoom and Loom and all these other platforms. Yeah. And it's like there is an emphasis right now on uh, digital platforms. Like social media right now is the the highest attention rate in social media history. Everybody's on social media. People are answering their phones when you call them and check in and they're reading their emails. And I think what it does is it, is it forces people, we've all had this capability of having uh, video conferencing, but nobody uses it until you're sort of forced to using it. And maybe it's, you know, there's more and more people who are introduced to a zoom meeting with a cocktail hour with their friends yeah. just to feel that personal connection again. And I think it is going to change uh, in the future. The importance of driving all the way across town for a meeting and driving all the way back, and all the time wasted in commute when you're on immediately. You know, another thing, I hope it uh, ups everybody's game. Uh, there was this uh, guy, he's just a fantastic trainer for RMLS. His name is Ryan Jacobson, and he recently left and went to a title company to be their tech person. And we were talking, and uh, we were pouring over statistics. And he said, "I can't exactly remember the statistics, but I think he said the average listing in RMLS has it's 53 percent completed." And he said, "The statistics, if you just took time to complete it 10 percent more to 63 percent, those houses sold 35 days faster." right? So I'm hoping (laughs) that the brokers out there will load all 32 photos, have an amazing virtual tour, fill out the remarks to the maximum characters that are allowed, fill out the listing correctly, not only put it in the remarks, but also put it in the fields because those are all tied to how people search, right? So make sure that your listing can be found, and it's presented with all the information because in the short term uh, buyers may not physically go to a house to buy a house i i sell a couple a year that they don't see it for the first time in real life until it's closed and they show up with a moving truck
3: you make a super important point joe because um, and, and I go back to that one degree of separation or, you know, one degree of separation or, or the, the 212 theory where 211 degrees water's really hot, It takes a lot of energy to heat it up to 211 degrees. But that one degree of difference changes it from hot water to boiling water, which creates the steam, which powers the steam engine, you know, which propels energy. And um, I'm actually really always uh, if there's one area that I'm kind of adD is is that one degree. I'm always looking for that one degree because I'm always thinking the reason why it's not selling, the reason why I'm not succeeding is I must not be doing that one degree. So I think taking the time to from the ba- basic steps of entering your listing into the multiple listing service and entering it correctly, choosing the photography, taking the time to actually um, think about, the way the photography is going to be interacted with as they look from image to image, from the first image to the last image, the story and the and the sense of how a consumer looks at images online. Thinking about when you load your images, do, are your uh, are your file num are your, are you know when you're, when your photographer delivers your images, do you rename the file name of that image or do you just load it DC seven one four three o five. Or do you reload it with your name and your contact information so that if somebody Googles uh, or sees images of you, it's got your contact information on it and it has the address of the property on that file? Little teeny details might be that one degree that changes the outcome. And, and how, much, how, many, how many less interactions and activities could you do a day if you were doing things correctly the first time? Uh, it goes back to, uh, you know, Joe, your, your analogy of stopping and taking a break and sharpening your tool and and getting the same benefit of the guy that just sat there and hacked. And it's, I go back to that buffet thing. We're, we, we become lazy. We just go to the buffet. It's like people who suggest that, I don't know if you have any friends that have said, yeah, you know, I haven't been working the last seven years. I, I'm trading stocks on a daily basis. And I'm thinking, wow, that's a great job. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm making a 25% return on my money over the last eight years. And I'm thinking, wow, I, I kept working and bought Amazon. And, um, you know, I made a 30% return and had another job. Um, so, you know, taking the time to, to, to remember that just because you're in a momentum-driven market, um, the benefits you had during a momentum-driven market wasn't because you were doing the right thing. So taking the time to actually evaluate yourself and ask yourself, is my messaging, when if someone were to Google me, someone of importance, an attorney, thinking of hiring a realtor right now, were to Google me, is my messaging on social media, is it the messaging that would make that attorney suggest that his fiduciary, his client that he has a fiduciary responsibility for, would suggest hiring you as a broker? You know, is my messaging professional? Is my messaging and if you want your messaging to be whatever you want hey go for it but is my messaging um uh you know are people knowing who i am through my messaging what a great time to stop and evaluate every point of contact that people find you online and see if you've got the proper messaging put in place and decide how moving forward you should create the the new messaging there's so many different activities that you can stop and do right now um, that, that go with what you said, Joe, about, about doing things right. Um, that if you took the time to do a bunch of things, right. And set the foundation for the future of your business right now in these next couple months, hopefully maybe it gets to last two months. I don't know. Maybe this all of a sudden we're going to find out a hiccup and we're, we're back to some normalized business in a month from now. You'll look back and wish you would have actually taken the time to, 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 to put together some of these strategies right now and take some time for yourself. Also, you know, it just takes some time for your children and your family right now. What a great time. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Hey Joe, I want to touch on what you just said. Cause I, I too, um, I've been looking around a lot and, and cause I do think we're on the precipice of a just a, a new world, right? A different world that will stay with us for our lifetimes. Right. And so I'm constantly kind of analyzing. I'm like, what, what is changing? What is changing? And I'll, I'll give you, and you touched on some great stuff. Here's another thing that I think is going to change. The world is going to become a smaller place because the four of us right now, we're actually probably physically sitting, what, 20 miles, within 20 miles of each other, 10 miles. But we wouldn't have to be. Terry, yeah. you could be on the East Coast. Joe, you could be in, in Japan. Tucker could be, you know, somewhere else, and we could be doing exactly what we're doing. And this was kind of what made me realize this the other day. I was, I, uh, I got together. Well, let me back up. for 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 a while now, I've done this. You know, every few weeks we do Monday night poker night, right? And 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 what we've always done is, no surprise, you all go to the same room, you get together, you you have a couple decks of cards, and you and you you play with some friends. Well, this last Monday, we did it through Zoom. And what we did was we had two screens, Zoom's on one, and then you have PokerStars is playing the other. So you're playing a tournament, you have Venmo, so you can all give each other, send each other money. One of the player's brother who used to live here and used to play in the room with everybody moved about a year or two ago to, to Nevada, to, to Vegas, Nevada, right? Somebody says, hey, why doesn't your brother play with us again? And it just, it, it blew my mind. I was like, Oh my gosh, the world has collapsed. We now can do activities with people who we kind of pushed out of our mind because they live out of our area. I'm also hearing stories of, of people who, you know, um, maybe they've always done happy hours in local restaurants with their friends. All of a sudden now they're doing happy hours on zoom, but guess who's also joining them? Their their college buddy from the East coast. So it's, it really is changing the landscape and, and making the world a smaller place, which I think is fascinating. Do you think, Steve, um, I know this for myself, that I think I've naturally
3: tried to avoid certain technologies because I feel like technology is a disruptor. And, um, that this, what, what is enlightening Mary, right now is just what you've described is that using technologies, um, embracing certain technologies to actually leverage your relationships in your business. And that technology is, you know, cause I, I, I do focus a lot on just the human connection and I'm loving it. The energy I'm getting from these meetings, my sister is stuck on a cruise ship right now on the princess cruise ship. Um, Yikes. and, yeah. um, but we've been WeChatting. we chatting uh, we my ninety two year old dad the other day I set up a a zoom for our whole family, and I have a big family, um, four sisters and a brother, and everybody that comes with that. so we had a, a full screen, but we had my sister in the Bahamas, we had my ninety two year old dad over at his house, and all my brothers and sisters and I'm like, why haven't we been doing this? Um, yeah, and, yeah. And, um, because the interaction it wasn't um uh it wasn't plastic it wasn't synthetic it was gosh i was really getting the sense of human interaction so um i think there will be some really positive uh outcomes of of how this type of interaction is not necessarily uh uh, a disruptor to our industry this is an example of how we actually need to pick and choose certain technologies that we're going to become good at and actually Uh, increase the benefit of our relationships with our clients and people we know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there'll always be the value in the the face-to-face interaction, but why can't this replace the phone calls, right? Why instead of in the future when a client first calls you, maybe now in the future, it's a text like, hey, I was referred to you and you go, hey, great! Can I can I set up a Zoom line and let's let's uh, let's talk about what you have going on? I mean, when yeah. you
0: look as good as you guys, I mean. <laughs> uh, yeah, Corona attire, just for the record. But, it's yeah. the
1: fireplace in the <laughs> background. You're gonna you're gonna have to change out of your pajamas, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> only, only from the waist up.
3: <laughs> My wife made me put on
1: pants. <laughs> hey, um, wrapping up. Terry, let's just, a couple things, personal life. I mean, t- tell us what you're, outside of work, what are you doing? Are, are you are, are you normally an exercise? Are you exercising? What are you doing for fun? I know you're spending a lot of time with your family and cherishing that. Is there anything else you're doing? So I have two daughters.
3: Um, Savannah Jane is uh, 11. Toulouse Bella is 13. Um, I have made a point of being the assistant coach of every sport they've ever played, And um, that over the years, uh, you know, they play two or three sports a year. um, That gives me an excuse to to run around on a a soccer field, a basketball court. Um, And um, I I I unfortunately don't make a lot of personal time for myself for um, an actual workout. Um, But I tend to go out into the cul-de-sac and play basketball with my daughters and, um, you know, get my most physical activity hanging out or taking a bike ride with them. I'm really enjoying the interpersonal, uh, the the very personal discussions I'm having with my daughters right now. That um, there is uh, there's rarely time that I can actually sit down and um, chat with them, and um, that the that the the the, the environment of the occasion of having a talk is is actually perfectly staged, and so I'm really. I, I, I said to my daughter last night, I, I will always remember, <laughs> silly here's silly me again. I will always remember watching um uh Ford Ferrari with you. Uh, because during the time we watched it, we would pause it and we would discuss little comments uh during that movie. And so I'm really um like you said, I, I embrace adversity sometimes. And um I, I'm actually enjoying the excuse. When I got sick, I'm enjoying the excuse to actually take the time to allow myself to get well. I'm enjoying the excuse to be around my children. I'm enjoying, um, uh, I, I'm, I'm not too worried uh, about the future of my business. Um, certain activities are occurring on a daily basis. Um, but I, there are a lot of other people. What I'm most concerned right now is being sure that I'm available for anybody that needs support right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more concerned about a lot of mm-hmm. other people than I am about my own business right now. And, um, just hoping that anybody out there having a difficult time, just remember you're in this lifeboat with a lot of other people and, that um, uh, interact with people. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're getting ready to have a, a zoom company meeting. Um, and the first discussion was, well, what is the itinerary going to be? And I said, I don't want to have an itinerary. I wanna just go around the room, around the Zoom, and just say, you know, Steve, how are you doing? What's been your up and down for the last two weeks? I want to just have camaraderie and I want that. I think my brokers and the people I know right now aren't looking for actual solutions of do these five activities a day right now. I think they're looking for emotional support right now. And so I think that the more emotionally healthy I can make the people around me and and my, and it makes me emotionally healthy to help others um, that the more successful the activities that I interact with will be in my business. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. And the the other thing that I just, it just occurred to me as you were talking, Terry, and and this is one thing I think I, I like about adversity too. Think, just think to think to yourselves. And this is, this is like a, a kind of a deep thought, but we're always always going to remember these days, right? How much of our life blurs and, you, and you know, good times and bad times, you know, I mean, we're in, we're in a, such a unique moment right now that 30, 40 years from now, you'll look, you'll think back and you will remember the time when you were at home with your family, you were working with your brokers. I mean, your brokers will always remember the leadership you gave them. Now your kids will always remember when dad was home every day, all day long. Um, that, that right there is just such an opportunity to, and it makes it such a special moment in its own unique way, despite all the challenges. So powerful stuff there.
0: Yeah. Great show. Good advice. I'm, I'm motivated. You motivated me and I'm hard (laughs) to motivate, but like, you know, it's, it's good stuff. So, yeah. So, all right. Well, we appreciate your time. I know it's been a a little bit of a rough week kind of bouncing back from the sickness, but I'm glad we got you on the (laughs) tail end of it. And. You definitely came with uh, came with a punch today, so you're you're back on your A game. I'll give you that.
3: Right, yeah. Here, right, Joe, Steve, um, really, you know, appreciate what you guys do as an industry, uh, industry market leaders, and um, what you do right now is super valuable. And I, I hope that um, uh, you know continue to do what you do. But I think um, the emotional support you're giving to brokers right now is more important than any particular business idea you've ever had. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys play a great role in that in your community right now so thank you for doing what you guys do
1: and the camaraderie ac- across the the industry is that's another thing that i appreciate is like i mean i'm through the good times you know we all kind of go in our corners and do our things and heads down and you know we'll talk once in a while but man the people they're coming out of the woodwork people reaching out to me that i've never spoken with and and everybody, everybody, the, 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 you know, the hashtag is we're all in this together and everybody's just really feeling that and, um, enjoy that because I promise you this will pass. We will all get busy and we'll all put our heads down and we'll, we'll look back at this and go, gosh, remember when, remember when, you know, so-and-so was so quick to jump on the phone and, or Terry Sprague did a podcast. He said, anyone call me? And I called him and by golly, he talked to me for 20 minutes and he lifted my spirits enjoy that moment now because that this is this will pass along with the adversity can i give that might
3: be perceived as a self-serving and it is in a way but it also is the importance of, of how powerful our cooperation one idea today um so a lot of people do ask well terry how did you position yourself in the luxury real estate market and um so much of it is perception um And that, you know, from the very beginning, I decided to create a perception of this is what I do from the first week I was in business. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: And, um, so a, a lot of the part, part of your perception is having the right inventory. Um, and like I said, how do people, I've actually gotten listings, um, when they've had a relationship with a really good broker and I said, but why don't you work with that broker? And they said, but that's not what that broker does. This is what you do, Terry. And so I think that's kind of unfair that there are brokers out there that are as accommodating as, um, and in probably in many ways, a better broker than I am, um, that just don't have a chance to open a door for the opportunity to have a luxury listing. So, um, one of the things that, uh, anybody listening to this podcast and anyone in this industry always has my permission my personal permission to take any of my listings, my own listings, pull them up on your personal website. So if you're with Keller Williams, if you're with Soldera, and you pull it up on your personal website, my listing, and um, hit that Facebook post and post it to your social media, you do not have to give me any tagging, acknowledgement that it's my listing. You could say something like, this is my featured house of the day, This is what I love of the day. You can make up a story about a house when they, when they hit that link, it's going to come back to your personal website and it's going to be your contact information. If they're a buyer and they want to see it and Hey, I'd love for you to bring the buyer. I'd rather have someone from my industry bring the buyer than have Zillow sell that lead to you. And so um, it, it also by getting permission from brokers that have, content or, or inventory that you ultimately want to uh, have, getting their permission to share in social media um, uh, that content. Um, it, it, when people do observe you online, and they you'll be surprised when you when you post a 2 million 3 million dollar house on your facebook and and you're not saying this is my listing but you can say this is my featured this is my uh my listing of the day if i was going to spend a summer i'd spend it by this pool check out this if you want to see it let me know give me a call i want my industry to get buyers for my houses i'm not at all concerned that you become successful with my listings. If, if you help me to sell my listing, that just helps me to succeed too. I would much rather empower my own colleagues than empower Trulia and Zillow and third party vendors that want to resell my data back to you. So anybody in the industry has my permission to go on and take my listings and share them to their social media Now, of course, when they click on that link that brings them to Steve's personal site, down in the body, in in the small text, it'll say courtesy of, you know, Terry Sprague Christie's. Um, And so there is RMLS acknowledgement of that. So this is perfectly legal. You have my, so so if it makes you feel good, if you want to go out and look like a luxury broker for the next month and post uh, five or six luxury homes um, and help me sell one of mine, I would love the leverage of the community to market my own properties. So I know that's self-serving, but hopefully it could also help some people that want to um, elevate their presence on the internet and, and their perception of who they are. Feel free to use my inventory to create a different perception of who
1: you are. Awesome. Very gracious of you, Terry. Very good. Well, hey, fantastic
0: show. Motivating show. I think the show that we probably needed at the end of this week, right? For everybody <laughs> out there. So we appreciate your time, Terry. So thanks for jumping on here today.
3: Right on. You guys are fantastic. Thank you. Thanks, Terry.
0: Thank good luck, you. everybody out
3: there. Go
0: 7,000 RPMs. Yeah.
3: Watch that movie. <laughs> Play to win.